911 to adjust the emergency. Hi, um, I was in the middle of a shooting in Miramar Parkway and Flamingo. Uh-huh. And I am, I am okay, but my car got, got a bullet, got shot. I'm okay. not sure if I need to call okay. anyone to come and do a report. Okay, stay on the phone. Hold on, okay? Don't hang up with me, all right? Okay. I was right in front of the UPS truck when the shooting happened. Are you injured? No, thanks God. The bullet crossed all the way through my daughter's car seat, but she wasn't here, thanks God. Okay. Is it all over? Did they catch the guy? Is it like, I don't yes. know what's going on? Yes, yes, ma'am. It's all over. It's all over. You, you know that stuff like this goes on every day, but, but you have no idea that it could ever affect you or your family until it does. Yo digo, a mi hijo ya no me lo van a devolver. Frank's not coming back. Pero yo quiero que se haga justicia. Frank Ordonia sat at the kitchen table having dinner with his mother at the family home in Hialeah, Florida, just north of Miami. It was early December. Christmas was right around the corner. Only a few days before, he had filled the yard with cheerful blow-up decorations of Santa Claus, reindeer, and elves delivering packages for Christmas. The 27-year-old father of two little girls was making plans for the holidays. He was especially excited about taking them for a visit to Santa's enchanted forest. It is Wednesday, December 4th, 2019. It would be the last time Frank Ordonia sat at that kitchen table and talked to his mother. It would be the last time he would make plans for his daughters. It would be the last time he saw his family. The next day, he would get up to go to his United Parcel Service job, and he would never return home. Ordonius's stepfather, Joe Marino, tells me that Frank didn't always drive a UPS truck, and the route he was on the day he was killed wasn't familiar to him either. Marino knows the ins and outs. He worked for UPS for more than 20 years before retiring. How did Frank end up working? What was the, How did he end up being there that day? Was that how, what, what happened? He, he, uh, he was a covered driver, which means that whenever you go on vacation or you call him sick, he covers. I didn't know he was covering the, for someone to call in sick in Coral Gables. This is the story of the UPS driver who became a hostage and ended up in the midst of a police shootout with jewelry store robbers. This story has many twists and turns, but most especially, it's about so many people in the wrong place at a very wrong time. Local 10 and Local10.com present the Florida Files. I'm Michelle Solomon, and this is Police Chase Gone Wrong. Two brazen robbers, two innocent victims, a chase that ends up in a shootout in the middle of a busy city intersection at rush hour, 20 police officers, approximately 200 bullets, and an investigation that remains open 
three years after the fact. At the heart and soul of the story are the families of innocent victims, still in pain, seeking answers to so many questions about what happened on Thursday, December 5th, 2019. A shootout that would take away their loved ones and change the lives of those who remained forever. On a still capture from a ring camera, Frank Ordonius can be seen making a delivery in Coral Gables on Mariana Avenue, where the average home price is $1 million. The neighborhood is idyllic, storybook-like. The timestamp on the ring cam, 4.54 p.m. 35 minutes before that ring cam snapshot, two armed men disguised as postal workers ring the bell of Regent's Jeweler Store at 386 Miracle Mile. Assuming it is a delivery, employees buzz them in. The store is a mile and a half north from Mariana Avenue, where Frank is making his deliveries. Coral Gables Police Chief Dan Hudak, in a press conference, tells what happens inside the jewelry store. Good evening. This afternoon, approximately 4.14, Coral Gables Police Department received a silent hold-up alarm at the jewelry store behind me. Officers responded within a minute and a half. Within that minute and a half, subjects exchanged gunfire with the proprietor, who also fired back. As we arrived, there was also subsequent bullets that landed across the street at City Hall. From here, the subjects left in a vehicle slightly north of this location to Mariana. At that time, at gunpoint, they abducted a UPS truck and the driver. There's a woman who was hurt. Can you talk about that? There was a woman who works in the store that was injured at the scene. I don't know the status of her injury. That's my understanding, but it has not been confirmed by my people yet. Frank Ordonius is pushed into the middle of the truck while one of the robbers drives, his stepfather, Joe Marino. When we saw him on TV, he was sitting. He was sitting in, in between the, the, there's the, the, the driver's seat and there's a, what we call an emergency seat or a passenger seat, small seat. No, no, he was sitting in the middle. He was sitting in the middle. He was sitting, they had him crouched down in the middle, driver and uh, robber. Sky 10 is flying over the chase. It's 5.18 p.m. and it's being broadcast on live television as it is breaking. Local 10's Jeff Weinseer is in the newsroom reporting the story as it is happening confirming to us that there was an armed robbery, there were shots fired, witness says that at least one person was transported uh, to the hospital. Uh, right now, Miracle Mile, uh, that area is all cordoned off. Again, they fled in a U-Haul. They fled in a U-Haul. They ditched the U-Haul at about uh, 12, uh, the Mariana Avenue, 1200 block of Mariana Avenue. Then they jumped into a UPS truck. Apparently, whoever robbed the store, the suspect involved in the armed robbery right now, uh, is possibly holding the UPS driver and or someone in that UPS truck uh, as a, a hostage, I guess you would say. The chase stretches into two counties from Miami-Dade, where the robbery happened, and then north into Broward County. After about 25 miles, it ends up in a very busy intersection. 
The UPS truck is trapped in rush hour. People are walking to bus stops. Cars are stopped at the red light. Frank is trapped inside the truck with the robber. But shockingly, to be able to go this fast, uh-oh, you might have something here. Yeah. Shockingly, to be able to go this fast on Miramar Parkway at this hour. innocent drivers there that have all absolutely no idea. They have police, police have guns drawn in that this area. This is pretty dangerous with so many other cars around. Shots see, fired. Yes, shots are fired. Shots have been fired. On TV, police officers are seen crouching behind civilians in cars, using the automobiles as shields. Twenty police officers from four agencies all are shooting at the truck, frightened people in cars and surrounding businesses not knowing what is going on. It is a shootout of monumental proportions. In cell phone video shot from inside a car stuck in that traffic, a civilian is seen out of his car, crouching down in the median. As bullets are flying, a police officer tells him to get down. Bullets flying from the UPS truck and bullets piercing the truck, smashing out the front windshield, plumes of gun smoke can be seen pouring out of the truck. As it all plays out on live television, it appears to be Frank in his brown UPS uniform trying to crawl out of the truck. Uh, it looks like the UPS driver may be down as well. Um, I'm watching. Oh, but Jeff, we have no idea how many people were inside the UPS truck, correct? We do not. We okay. do not. We do know you saw the driver before we cut away, uh, get out of the passenger side, uh, and he is on the ground right now, surrounded by police. Uh, the truck is riddled with bullets in the uh, front window. What we're not showing you is that police have the UPS driver, the employees surrounded. He has not gotten up. Local 10's Roy Ramos recaps the events in a news report shortly after. A UPS truck riddled with bullets as dozens of officers from multiple agencies surround the delivery truck where two armed suspects held the driver hostage. As the shots rang out from above in Sky 10, we could see one of the gunmen in the passenger seat opening fire on officers while the UPS driver tries to get away. The police involved shooting happening near the intersection of Miramar Parkway with shops, restaurants and businesses nearby. Witnesses recording on their cell phones while you can hear sirens and then the sound of gunfire. Frank's stepfather, Joe Marino, has watched that video of when the shootout came to an end over and over and over again. You can see in the video, you can see that Frank is crawling down the passenger side steps. And I guess what he's trying to do, he's trying to escape. And I think what his intentions were to go underneath the truck for coverage. And so I think if the police would have waited a few seconds, to let him get underneath the truck or let him run out, um, he would have been alive today. 250 miles north of where the shootout takes place, Helen and Tom Kutchar are watching the news on TV in their house in Mount Dora, Florida. They see the chase. 
Tom's brother Rick works in Miramar and lives not far from the incident in Pembroke Pines, Florida. Tom and Rick's 99-year-old mother and sister had planned on taking an Amtrak train like they did every Christmas to stay with Richard. His mom lives in upstate New York. His brothers and sisters are scattered across the country and even the world. One even lives in Germany. I just keep thinking before, when we spoke before, this is something that's that's been really um, keeping me up at night. I just, I know you told me about it in the early bit of the conversation, but I keep thinking about you, you were watching television and, and what, and just looking at that and saying, wow, can you believe that's happening, you know, near where my brother lives or was there something, I mean, I know you didn't know he was involved in it, but I'm just thinking, I can't imagine myself sitting and watching something that on, like that on TV. So I, I just, I, I'm just really it's a it's an odd way to find something out like that. I would wonder if you could just take me through that. Well, well yeah, it, it it was definitely surreal. I I just have always kind of watched this six thirty news, and my wife and I were watching, and and we saw the car chase. And again, having worked part time for UPS, um, and being a Floridian, I I was just. I was just stunned by the whole event, especially since it was so well covered and, and you know, since everybody and their brother has a cell phone, it was so weird the next morning when uh, Rick's best friend called me and asked me if I had seen um, the UPS truck chase on on TV the night before, and I told him, yeah, that my wife and I had witnessed it on TV, and um, he said, well, you know, that was your brother that was in the car that was shot. And of course, I had no idea it was my brother. A driver captures cell phone video of Rick's 2009 black Mercury Grand Marquis with Rick slumped over the driver's side wheel. Local 10's Ian Margle has that part of the story. Frank Ordonez and Rick Cutshaw. Those are the two names that need to be remembered after yesterday's tragedy. Two innocent men shot and killed during that shootout here in Miramar. Now their friends and families are devastated. New video shows the horrifying moments during and after Thursday's deadly shootout on Miramar Parkway. In the end, the lives of two innocent men were taken. Terrified drivers trying to get away from the hail of bullets, and when it stops, there's more chaos. Is I need help, man. I need help. Help needed for 70-year-old Rick Cutshaw, sitting in his black car, hit by one of the stray bullets, but he wouldn't survive his injuries. When the gunfire stops, there are four dead. The two robbers, Lamar Alexander and Jerome Ronnie Hill, both 41, UPS driver Frank Ordonez, 27, and 70-year-old Rick Cutshaw stopped at a light and shot in the back of the head. Another man, Carlos Lara, is seriously injured, but he survives. The FBI holds a press conference and George Pirot, special agent in charge, speaks. As the individuals were fleeing, uh, shots were fired. 
and was uh, reported across the street at the City Hall in Coral Gables. The armed suspects engaged law enforcement, opened fire. There was exchange fire between law enforcement and the suspects, uh, and unfortunately, uh, the suspects are now deceased. Pirro tells me later in an interview at FBI headquarters what happened. Uh, you know, in that particular case, the, the two individuals, uh, and it's still unclear why they picked that particular jewelry store. Um, again, the two subjects are deceased, so uh, in a sense, you know, that might be one of those uh, uh, unanswered questions uh, forever. Uh, but from the Bureau's perspective, here's an, another uh, illustration of the FBI's uh, role within South Florida and, and in the law enforcement uh, community. Uh, this was a very difficult, complex, uh, 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 tragic event where you have a, the robbery of a jewelry store uh, where the individuals uh, uh, robbed the jewelry store for over $27,000 worth of jewelry. Uh, one of the subjects did fire a weapon in, in the jewelry store uh, and the ricochet struck uh, the uh, employee and thankfully she of course uh, has recovered and, and is doing very well. Uh, as they of course fled, uh, they eventually uh, carjacked and kidnapped uh, the UPS driver and they made their way through a number of different jurisdictions. So you had multiple uh, uh, agencies involved, multiple jurisdictions, and of course the, uh, the event ended here in Miramar with that horrible uh, 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 shooting where uh, you know, two uh, uh, innocent folks were, were killed and one was uh, wounded. As night falls that evening, the shock of what happened still has many shaken. Local 10's Alex Finney reports on those who were nearby, working in stores or in their cars, when the scene unfolded. The piercing sound of gunfire ringing out in the middle of a busy parkway. They start shooting, um, and at that point we just locked down everything. Cell phone video pouring into our newsroom from viewers showing the end of a horrific chase that erupted into gunfire. This one showing moments before. Leading up to this exchange between the suspects and police. A multi-county chase starting in Miami-Dade, ending in Broward, leaving a trail of devastation. Witnesses describe what they saw and heard. Hearing the ricochet bullets flying right by the vehicle, uh, at which point, you know, it, it, due to concerns of being staying alive uh, kicks in and you do what you can to protect yourself and your family. Alex Mello was at the intersection when the shooting happened. Thankfully, he and his family were not hit. <laughs> Joe Marino gives television interviews the next day. His shock has turned to anger. What I saw was recklessness. What I saw was chaos, no direction, um, no one in charge, um, irresponsible, a disregard for human life, uh, a disregard for, for hostage. I feel in my heart that, that Frank was murdered. Frank never had a chance. And in Spanish is uh, casaria humana, which means uh, uh, you know basically a, a human a human hunt. Uh, if you're Spanish, you know what I mean by that. So 
I, and I, I feel strongly by and I and I and I, and I back my, 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 my statement. He was murdered. I can't find any other word other than that. On December 5th, 2022, it will be three years since Frank was killed, his body falling out of the UPS truck as he tries to make his way out, all caught on live television. There aren't a lot of people who will talk about that day. I call Liliana Sardi, a 67-year-old woman who was working at the jewelry store and was injured by a bullet during the robbery. It has not yet been revealed how she was shot. It's part of the ongoing investigation. But she tells me she's fine, she's retired, and she doesn't want to talk about it. I'm unable to get in touch with the proprietor of Regents, the store. While it reopened five days after the robbery, it's now closed. Someone I talk to on the phone when I call says they're moving to a different location. I learned the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, the agency who handles police-involved shootings, began their investigation immediately at the scene that day. The initial response, December 5th, 2019. They say they have, quote, conducted a thorough and complete investigation, unquote. Special Agent in Charge Troy Walker of the FDLE in Miami, in an email shortly after the shooting, says, once we are finished with our investigation, we present our information to the state attorney, and they determine whether or not the use of force was justified. That was in December of 2019. He asked for patience from the community, and he stated, quote, especially the families impacted by this tragic event. Information via FDLE says the case was completed and the investigative summary approved on June 30th, 2021. It was handed over by the FDLE to the Broward State Attorney's Office on September 15th, 2021. I send email queries to the Broward State Attorney's Office. It's now up to them to go over all the evidence and decide the next steps. Just checking in for any updates on the review of the FDLE finding. If there's anything coming up, I ask. I write to the Public Information Officer at the Broward State Attorney's Office. She responds, our prosecutors are reviewing all of the statements and evidence and will evaluate how to proceed. Given the scope of the investigation, we anticipate the review will take some time. I check in again, and again, I get the same response. Shortly after the shootout, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement confirms that 20 officers from four different agencies were involved, saying that it was three officers from the Miramar Police Department, one Pembroke Pines officer, one Florida Highway Patrol officer, and 15 officers from the Miami-Dade Police Department. But now, with an investigation underway and it being active, there's no way to get any information. There isn't even a way to get a police report from the jewelry store robbery. Coral Gables police say that's part of the investigation, so it can't be released. Joe and Lucy tell me they've never received autopsy reports or medical examiner reports. They don't know how many times Frank was shot or whose bullets even killed him. Uh, so the Broward County prosecutor is dragging his feet. Now they changed the prosecutors, they're dragging their feet on. You, you, December 5th will be three years. They tell me the past three years have been a series of agonizing waiting. The past year has been especially frustrating. Frank's family gets up every morning, hoping today will be the day for an update. And so do the relatives of Rick Hutchall.
Investigators won't comment on an open investigation, but Joe wants to talk about it. He wants those involved to go in front of a grand jury. It is likely it will, but when that will happen is anyone's guess. Listen, Michelle, those, those 21 offers went home to their families that night. Frank never came back with the girls. And there's got to be some kind of, of responsibility uh, to, to the community, to Frank, to girls, to all of us. Uh, no justice, and there's no justice. There's no closure. I spent time with him and Lucy, Frank's mother. She wants to talk about it. She wears a cameo necklace that has a picture of Frank in it. She never takes it off. Do you have the Yeah. Yeah. I think Frank was an excellent muchacho. He was an excellent son, excellent young man. Excellent papa. Excellent father. Excellent papa. For us, we're still prepared. We're still not, not, uh, we still can't believe that, that he's not with us. As her, as his mother, every day that she sees a UPS driver drive or stop by Publix, it's a constant reminder. It's, it's a reminder for all of us. Solo una madre. Only a mother would have that pain. Que ve a su hijo morir en la televisión. That, that can see her son died on TV. It's, it's uncomprehensible. They say the FBI had been in touch with them shortly after the shooting, and the special agent in charge of the FDLE, Troy Walker, he was too. Did the police talk to you? They never, they never, never. the police never, only oh, those five FBI. departments. FBI talked to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah FBI had the case. Uh, and F, Troy Walker, FDLE. Um, the police, those five police departments never, never called uh, to, give us, to give us their condolences. Their condolences, not that we cared or hear from them, but... Neither they nor the Cutshaws have heard from anyone from the Broward State Attorney's Office. On November 17th, 2022, the day this podcast was released, Tom Cutshaw called me to tell me that he received a call from the Assistant State Attorney at the Broward Prosecutor's Office. Coming up on the Florida Files, the kidnappers, who were they? The aftermath of the UPS shootout, and what is sovereign immunity? Don't miss season seven of the Florida Files. Are you a fan of the Florida Files? Tell us what you love about the series on Apple Podcasts and join other fans in leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts.